friendly time to say bye-bye to all this complaining and worry and other angst related to the Steelers' lost bye week. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this the newly reborn DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network. This program, henceforth, shall be known as Daily Shot of Steelers. And no, that's not a coincidence because we're also offering a daily shot of Penguins and a daily shot of Pirates every morning. I appreciate everyone who's listened to Daily Shot for the past few months every weekday morning. I'll be honest with you, I was always uncomfortable about including all sports and all teams on a single show for the same reasons I've always been uncomfortable having those elements step on each other, whether I'm doing radio, TV, or writing. So this this is a lot cleaner. I hope you'll give a chance to the other two if you follow the Penguins and or Pirates. In the interim... There is actual football at hand. Maybe, possibly, I guess we'll find out, right? Within the next 48 hours, Steelers versus Ravens. Tomorrow night at Heinz Field, still on schedule. 8 o'clock kick. And within that, somehow, through all this insanity over the past few days, through all the finger-pointing, through all the very real concerns had both on the Baltimore and the Pittsburgh ends, something funny happened along the way that didn't appear to get a whole heck of a lot of notice, and maybe it should. Somewhere in there, Mike Tomlin gave the Steelers three consecutive days off. Mm-hmm. And they haven't played a football game since, you know, eight days ago in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And they will be as rested up, as healthy, as available, as anyone could possibly have hoped heading into an arch-rival matchup. Yeah, I know the Ravens are missing a bunch of guys and whatever else here, but play along. An arch-rival matchup on prime time with the whole country watching. And they'll still have more of a recovery period between the game tomorrow night and the game this coming Sunday at home, no travel, against Washington than they would have last week between Jacksonville and the home game against Baltimore. You get where I'm going here? Mm-hmm. Right. This has actually worked out in a way that the Steelers, they didn't necessarily get a full bye week out of this. It's kind of like the difference between being on a vacation and turning your cell phone off and being on a vacation and constantly listening to hear if the boss needs anything back home. You know what I'm saying? The Steelers themselves are aware of this. The Steelers themselves recognize it. Listen to what Cam Hayward 
had to say on this front to us yesterday. I needed it, so I'm not going to complain about it. So, um, you know, we had some guys who had nicks and bruises that could could use the rest. But, um, you know, whether it's taking care of your body, spending time with family, getting extra preparation, this is a week we can take advantage of it. So I thought we did that. Yep, take it right from the captain. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves on keeping the promises that they make you. They've been doing that for over 80 years. They have offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Or you can learn more online at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. I think I've been one of the few people who have not been alarmed by the Steelers' lack of a bye week. I've been put off by it. I've been put off by the circumstances surrounding it. If you go back to Tennessee when Mike Vrabel was openly flouting coronavirus protocol, that was kind of tough to take, you know? The other guy clearly didn't care. And then in this situation, you have the Ravens acknowledging that they broke coronavirus protocol. And although it wasn't a buy that was cost, it was an opportune situation there where if the Steelers had cleaned up on the Ravens on Thanksgiving, they would have had all this time. It's all played out anyway, and it's all really been badly overblown. That's what I'm trying to tell you more than anything else here. Because from here to the finish line, and by that I mean the end of the regular season, the controllable part, it's very much possible, practical, for Mike Tomlin to just give guys occasional days off. I don't know how closely a lot of fans monitor things like Uh, practice participation reports and things like that. I suspect it's not all that common. It's the kind of thing that, you know, people like me do. But every Wednesday, when the Steelers put out their first participation report of the week, you'll see a handful of players listed with a DNP and an NIR. DNP, pretty obvious, did not practice. NIR is not injury-related. means they just gave him the day off. He said, hey, hey, Ben, hey, Marquise, Juju. Ben and Marquise always get Wednesdays off. Veterans, guys that have uh, earned that kind of respect. But also, you'll see players like Juju, who will show up on there. And Juju's shown up every Wednesday since the start of the season, by the way, because he's playing through something. He's got something going on that's bugging him. And the coaches and the players, they talk to each other. They're honest. You're not trying to skip out of practice. You're not trying to be derelict in your work. You're just being honest about it. Hey, I think I can be a lot more effective on Sundays if I don't practice on Wednesday, you know, 
that leaves you still Thursday and Friday to practice and Saturday for a walkthrough. That's pretty decent prep for a football game. And then, of course, Ben goes and makes the, the big message-sending performance that he had a couple of weeks ago, just basically showing up for work after zero practice and knocking everybody dead and then joking afterward, hey, does this mean I don't have to practice anymore? Practices can be overrated. Mike Tomlin very much has this within his control. He can look at that calendar and circle dates and say, you know what, my team's 10-0 and or they're 11-0 and or they're 12-0 and or whatever, 12-1 and or something. They have worked their rear ends off. They have done everything that I've asked on and off the field in this bizarre year, and I'm just going to cut them a break this week. I'm just going to say, hey, don't show up on this date. It can be managed. It's never, ever, ever been some big deal or something that was going to derail the Steelers at some pivotal point in the year the way a lot of people have tried to portray. That's what I'm trying to say here. When we come back, I'll be joined by Dale Lawley. We'll talk about practice, practice that they had yesterday. Joining me now is Dale Lawley, our Steelers beat writer at DK Pittsburgh Sports. Hi, Dale. What's going on, Dale? Oh, not much. There hasn't been a whole lot to track lately. And, you know, all we've been doing is just routine stuff covering football games, right? Yeah, I, I, I long for a football game to cover after <laughs> uh, after this past week. Well, yesterday you actually covered a, a, a football practice. First time I did that in about a week, too. I was going to say, it's, it's it's been a while for one of those as well. And I know you're not allowed to, per NFL regulations, uh, that we all agree to to discuss any of the details and anything, but is there any way to summarize at least in some innocuous way the mood, the spirit of the team? I mean, what were they like? Uh, well, they had a lot of guys practicing, which I imagine looked a little bit different than Baltimore's uh, walkthrough yeah. last night. Yeah, um, that. Where they had uh, they probably had guys who had to. Uh, and your name is, and your name is. Hi, I'm Bob. <laughs> um, yeah, just. Uh, no, I mean the Steelers. It was a it was a normal practice for them. It, it looked you would not have known whether it was last Tuesday's practice or whether it was a Sunday practice. I'm sure. Yeah, in fact, I know. You know, these guys would have rather have been sitting at home this weekend uh, watching the other the other teams play after you know playing on Thanksgiving night, but uh, that didn't happen. And of course, uh, they couldn't watch any games uh, today because. There are the games that they would have been able to watch today. They couldn't do that either because their game, again, was pushed back. But uh, now they'll play Tuesday, and they've got their uh, they've got the world watching once again. Uh, you know, they wanted yeah. the spotlight. They've got it now. Oh, they'll, they'll, they might have it. Well, I wouldn't say compared to Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's different. It's just an event. You right. Know? The whole world's a, watching on Thanksgiving. Like, everybody's – the families yeah. are all over, and everybody can sit around after, you know, getting uh, – you're your, going on your, your turkey nap. Uh, wake up and watch some football and god knows it would have been a better game than either one of the ones we saw on thursday night well it probably would have been better than the one we're gonna see on tuesday i mean i would say that too let's be real here um no matter how anyone actually performs i mean the balance against baltimore here is so absurd it just is it's hard to even 
quantify. I, I was communicating with Ramon Foster earlier today, asking him for his prediction, which we put at the bottom of your kickoff feature on DK Pittsburgh Sports. And he and he texts back 38 to 10. And I go, really? Him. Really. <laughs> like, My okay. prediction's right along the same lines there. I'm, I'm not too far off from Ramon. I, I just don't see how the Ravens as currently constituted when you start looking at, at, at who they're going, who they're missing in this game. And it, you know, I, Jamison Hensley, who covers the Ravens for, for ESPN, put out mm-hmm. a, a tweet earlier today, and I, I, I put it on our, our live wire feature um, of who exactly is missing at what positions for the oh, Ravens. Yeah. And this hits them everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. It's the offensive line. It's the defensive line. The only place where they're where they are going to look like the Ravens is at the quarter is in the secondary. In the That's secondary, it. but even then, but even then, there's questions about those guys as it relates to injury. Right. Yeah. You Jimmy know? Smith is questionable for this game. And, yeah. and the and the fact of the matter is, who's rushing the passer? Yeah. I mean, nobody. Uh, they've got you know they're gonna be you're gonna have practice squad guys playing defensive line for these guys outside linebackers they're they're rush guys it's just not gonna be pretty uh the Steelers can are can pretty much do whatever they want to in this game and oh by the way the Ravens are going to be missing three offensive linemen uh and Willie Sneed who was their really their only receiving threat in that last game he was he was good in that game by the way yeah uh mm-hmm. you know they're, they were already missing uh, their their lead tight end, Boyle, who's their mm-hmm. blocking tight end. Who also was good in that game. Now they're going to be missing Boyle, Andrews, and Patrick Ricard, who's a big part of their running game. Well, let's not uh, forget J.K. Dobbins, who was their best player in that game. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's just not going to be pretty. I mean, no, I, it's not. And oh, by the way, the Steelers are ticked off. Oh, and then there's that. So what's the optimal outcome for the Steelers here? I mean, is it just let's get Mason Rudolph out there? You know, halfway through the third quarter. I mean, what what are we looking at here? You know, I I think they would. You know, just I don't take feel care. that Dale. I just don't. Take care I, of business. I, you know, I, I still see Pittsburgh versus Baltimore. I know I'm an idiot for saying that. But it, it is, and, and you know, anything can happen. And as as I put in my preview, um, you know, if you remember back to 2015, the Ravens were down to the Steelers needed to win the game. Oh, and yeah. the, Ravens, the Ravens had a bunch of injuries and they ended Tons up having to, having to start Ryan Mallett in a game mm-hmm. against the, you know, the, the Steelers who were pushing for a playoff. You know, they were nine and five going into that game mm-hmm. and, and, and fighting with uh, with Cincinnati for the division lead. And Ryan Mallett beat the Steelers. Now, that was a, not as talented a team as this one, uh, but it can certainly happen. These are NFL players. No, no question about that. Last thing before I let you go, and I, I can't let you go without bringing this up. How about them Browns, huh? Yeah, that was a really impressive win. Honestly, you know, I have never seen. Everyone keeps talking about the Steelers and, and questioning their veracity at 10-0. and 0. The Browns are the worst 8-3 and three team in the history of 8-3 and three anything in any sport. That Jacksonville team was the worst thing we saw all year, and then they lost in that game against the Steelers three main guys. And they almost beat the Browns. They were a two-point conversion or a couple kicks away from winning it. Yeah, and it was so bad that Jacksonville fired their GM after the game. Typically, that's something that happens after <laughs> the Browns lose a game. They fire their GM. The the uh, Raven or the uh, Jaguars went the other way, and they fired their GM after losing a game to the Browns. Oh boy! 
Well, we'll see. Remember, there's always that Pittsburgh-Cleveland game at the end of the year, so there's still time for the Browns to figure out who they'd want to fire. But this year, maybe that won't happen because they, they're they're a lock for the playoffs. Oh, well, yeah, they've been a lock for the playoffs pretty yeah. much all season long because of their schedule. Uh, they've still, they're still one and three against teams with winning records, and they've been outscored in those three losses. I believe I, I figured this out. It was ninety-three to seventeen or something. Yeah, like it, that. they've all they're been, they've all been blowouts. No, they're Steelers not a good beat them. Team. Steelers beat them, of course, thirty-eight to seven. Thanks, Dale. We'll talk to you maybe at the stadium. Perhaps we'll see. <laughs> when we come back, just one question. segment of the daily shot podcasts and that's plural did you hear the yes on that like that this segment will be known as just one question that of course requires just one question meaning you got to send me one you can send it on twitter you can send it on facebook you can put it on the website i'm kind of easy to reach just send me anything at all related in this case to the steelers our first question comes from Matt Makoviak in Texas, and he asks, wait, I got to open it here. Boy, I really came prepared. Here's Matt's question. How do the constant schedule changes disrupt the Steelers' game preparation? This might sound like it's got an easy answer to it. It most definitely doesn't. So what I'm going to do here instead, Matt, is give you the simplest version of the answer that will come from the athletes themselves, and for that matter, the coaches, their hardest adjustment to any of this hasn't been the changing of the days. It hasn't been the changing of the prep or the practices. It's been by far working with technology. Mike Tomlin has openly acknowledged uh, struggling with it, some of his older assistant coaches have really struggled with it, but they've got no choice. And as much as the Steelers' young, cool, techie types try to walk them through it, it's not a picnic. It's also difficult, as Keith Butler was relaying to us within the past week, for a coach, especially a positional coach, who's so, so hands-on, to not be able to look his position players in the eyes. Uh, they struggle with that a lot. What does that have to do with the schedule changes? Plain and simple. As soon as this got difficult, as soon as the NFL started moving games around, they also started heightening protocols. And you stopped having classroom sessions. You stopped having locker room sessions. The only time they're actually around each other are for the actual practices. I don't know if a lot of people realize that yet, but other than that, Everything else they're doing is in separate individual rooms, and they've they've struggled with that part. Thanks a lot for the, the question. Started off with it with a really good one. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening to this. And again, make sure you check out please our Penguins and Pirates shows as well. <laughs>